Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. Welcome back, squad, to episode number 94 of the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast. I have a really special interview episode lined up for you today, and that's because Oh, cringe. There are a lot of uncredentialed nutrition coaches online and out in the real world who are doing you more detriment than benefit. I see them just like you see them on social media, selling you waist trainers and skinny teas and crazy diet detoxes that do nothing to help you create sustainable success. And they certainly don't help to promote your health, physical or mental. And it breaks my heart to see this. And it's why I am constantly encouraging my one-on-one nutrition coaching clients to censor their content. Scroll through your feeds. If there's anyone on there that brings you down, is selling you something that doesn't benefit your big powerful goal and instead sabotages your journey, go ahead and authorize your right to click unfollow or unsubscribe. And on the flip side, make sure that when you are scrolling and when you are consuming content, be it a newsletter or somebody on Instagram or Facebook, that you are making sure that that person is lifting you up and supporting you on your way towards your big, powerful, sustainable goal. Along that vein, I want to share today's podcast interview episode with you. I had the pleasure of interviewing my online nutrition coaching colleague and friend, Kate. And Kate and I have realized for quite some time that we have a lot in common when it comes to our online nutrition coaching businesses. And we wanted to connect because we are both also extremely passionate about helping our clients to utilize flexible nutrition strategies. No right, wrong, rigid diet culture rules to help them reach their goals, looking, feeling, and performing their best. So Kate and I are talking more about what it means to abide by a flexible nutrition strategy in today's podcast episode and what the benefits of that are. We have felt and seen these benefits in our own lives, but more powerfully, we have had the privilege of helping our one-on-one coaching clients make these amazing transformations in their lives. And we want to share some of those benefits and the steps that you can take to see similar success with you. We'll dive right in, Kate. I would love to uh, welcome you to the show officially. And I want to give you the stage just to introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you are geographically, and what do you do? Well, thank you. First off, I'm like really excited to be here. We're just talking about this um, 
off the record and I'm just like really stoked to chat with you. Um, yes. Yeah, so my name is Kate Lyman. I am a nutrition coach. I own an online nutrition coaching business. Um, and I am currently based in Memphis, Tennessee, but actually about a month away from moving, um, about to go visit family for the holidays and move to Mexico after. So I'm moving to Mexico in January, which is really exciting. It's coming up very soon. I'm kind of freaking out about it, but it's been, um, just, a huge dream of mine for years and to finally make it happen is really exciting. Um, and because I own an online nutrition coaching business and I work remote and all of my coaches work remote, all my team works remote. Um, it works out that way. So I'm super excited. Kate, is this move permanent? Like you're going to Mexico to stay in Mexico? It's indefinite. So yes. Yeah. I don't know how long we'll be there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. And one of the many benefits of having a remote nutrition business, I myself have been able to benefit from that. My parents live in Florida, so we like to see them from time to time. And it's so nice to, I mean, sometimes you need to separate work, right? And actually just have a work-free vacation, but it is nice to be able to bring your business anywhere geographically. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like very freeing. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. So, Kate, I don't know the answer to this question, but I'm really curious as to your answer. What led you to become a nutrition coach? What kind of sparked this career path for you? Well, I definitely didn't think this was going to be <laughs> to be my career at any point ever. Um, you know, I always wanted to go into the medical field and I went to college thinking that and I took nutrition classes along the way and it kind of sparked an interest and um you know the the path here is very long and winding and there's a lot of pivots and turns i think that's the truth for a lot of people but um yeah i didn't think i'd be here and and i've always since high school, I worked in the fitness industry and I was a CrossFit coach. I started when I was 17, I got my CrossFit L1. So like I was working in this fitness industry, um, you know, training people. And then I started teaching nutrition seminars and all this whole time. It was like, that's like my side gig. That's how I pay for tuition. So I can go to PA school, like to be a physician assistant. That's what I thought I was going to do. And it came time to apply. And I, um, was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Like I, I don't, I've been planning on this for so long and now I'm not sure that this is the right thing to do. And I kind of, um, I still didn't think nutrition was the right way, what I wanted to do. And I, I actually shifted gears and wanted to work in prevention. So I got a master's in public health degree. Um, and it was awesome. I learned so much. I enjoyed every second of it. And I worked in mostly in research and uh, like nutrition education specifically. So I was like learning more about nutrition. I was loving it. And at that same time, I started taking one-on-one -on -one clients and they were mostly pulled from the gym that I was working at. Um, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like I'm making money doing this and I really love it. But you know, like this is the side gig I'm still going to get like a real job. And I don't know what it is that, that has made this at no point ever feel like a real job. Um, but that's, that's what it felt like. It felt like a side gig and it was like never going to be the real deal. Um, so fast forward a bit, I had Kate Lyman nutrition on the side. It was keeping me very busy. It was so fun. Um, but at the same time I applied for a PhD. And so I moved to Memphis here where I am now about three years ago to start my PhD in social and behavioral science with a focus on nutrition, education, and research. 
And um, there just came a point one semester in where I was like, I can't do both of these things. Like I have to choose. And I was like, okay, obviously I like quit the business and go to school. And like, I felt so sick about that. I was like, I am suffering in this program, like not even liking it just so I can be called doctor, you know, cause like I still wanted that title. Um, and I still wanted this PhD and like over here on the other side, I freaking love this. I love working with my clients. I love what I'm doing. So I ended up deciding to leave school and take nutrition coaching full time. And I was like, okay, like, I guess I'll just see if I can do this um, full time. If not, I'll get like a real job, you know? And, um, and I did and it, and it worked and I ended up, you know, hiring a team and we've expanded and we have clients all over the place and it's awesome. And I love every second of working with my clients. I, I can't say I love every second of the business aspect. Um, and I'm sure you understand that too, because there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. But as far as the coaching and the working with individuals on their eating habits, on, on uh, you know, long-term sustainability in their nutrition is so fulfilling to me. Um, and, you know, at the same time behind the scenes, like in early college and late high school, I was struggling a lot with my own nutrition. So I feel like I also have been able to pull from some personal experience. I was like deep, deep into diet culture, trying a new diet every month because the other one wasn't working. And I was, um, you know, stuck in this cycle of restricting during the week and binging on the weekends and trying to be vegetarian and paleo and keto all at the same time, which doesn't even make sense, but I was there at one point. So, um, I feel like aside from obviously having some schooling in the area, I also, um, really have a lot of personal experience in, in knowing, what it feels like to really struggle to like not know what's going on to feel like you're working really freaking hard in the gym, but can't see the results you're looking for. Like nothing's changing and you don't feel good Um, to feel hungry all the time and know how miserable that is. And to know that there is, you know, a path away from that. We have so much in common. I didn't realize this, but I was initially going to go to school. I was going to school. My bachelor's is in psychology. I wanted to be a psychologist and I wanted doctor before my name too. I just felt like that came with a lot of prestige. Uh, And throughout my personal journey, a lot of my inability to cope with certain things that were happening in my life and really digging into that psychology immediately paired with my nutrition and my disordered eating turned into an eating disorder. And so that's kind of what kickstarted my passion for nutrition, went on to get my uh, master's of science in nutrition, physical activity and public health. And yeah, wow. So much of just, yeah, that's a lot of the same. That's awesome. Yeah. And I totally know what you mean about not loving every part of being a business owner. There's a lot of times where I'm like Googling for the answer. Like, how do I do this? Yep. Thing? I'm not meant to be <laughs> Absolutely. Like the analyst and the behind the scenes and the coach and the, we wear a lot of hats as entrepreneurs. So I can respect that sometimes it feels overwhelming, but equally as rewarding when we're getting to work with our coaching clients. Yeah. Absolutely. And to have like the clients as the the core center, I think makes for the best business possible and the rest, you know, we just kind of figure out and go with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Imperfect action, right? Exactly. Exactly that. 
Kate, one of the reasons that I felt like we resonated so much with each other's messages is because of how passionate we are about sustainability. So I know that you are really big on creating sustainable transformations in the lives of your clients. And I will be the first to say, I don't want to help you create temporary change, right? I want to help you create lifestyle, healthy habits that are going to last you forever. And that was really something that clicked for the two of us in conjunction with something we're going to dive into a little bit here. And that is our approach when it comes to something called flexible nutrition. I feel like we both utilize this with our um, coaching practices. So tell me, in your opinion, what does flexible nutrition mean? If someone's hearing us say that, like, what does it mean to you and to your clients? Yeah, so I think most people have at least heard about like tracking your macros and this idea of what a macronutrient is, like protein, fat, and carbs. There's three of them, um, and and you know how those are the building blocks of our foods. And tracking your macros means obsessively weighing your food and putting it into an app and whatever. And and I feel like it automatically drives people to think about this like IIFYM approach, like eat whatever you want. It could be pop tarts and ice cream, but like, as long as you have some protein shakes too, like check done. And so for me, flexible nutrition is not only like this process of tracking your macronutrients so that your intake matches your aesthetic or performance goal, or just overall health goal, but it's also adding in this idea of building awareness of our food choices and creating positive eating habits and learning how to really manage our nutrition long-term by not only being flexible in the food choices we make, but also in our approach to nutrition. So like that doesn't always mean tracking. Mm -hmm. And maybe sometimes it means a little more strict tracking. And maybe sometimes it means just um, like completely taking a step back from the idea of tracking and focusing on habits and pulling from this toolkit we have that allows us to take a flexible approach to every situation we're in because for no one is life the same all the time. Like we travel, we go out to eat, we go with, out with, for drinks with friends, we have a work lunch, you know, even in this time where we're in quarantine and things are shut down, things still happen and rarely is every day the same and perfect, you know. So true. And I'm obsessed with that because it's reminding me of a post I just made recently about calorie counting. I had a client reach out to me and she was like, oh, I know you don't like or agree with calorie counting. I know you don't believe in calorie counting, I think is what she said. And I was like, wait, like screech, we need to revisit this because 100% I do believe in calorie counting and macro tracking. I just don't believe that it has to be a tool we use indefinitely. I think it can be something that we can use for data, great feedback analysis, but I just don't want you to be dependent on those things for the rest of your life. Because like you said, I want you to go on vacation and not need to be changed to your tracking app. I want you to go out to dinner with girlfriends and not have to fear what you're going to eat if it's going to fit into your day. So I love hearing other nutrition coaches preach that middle messy message that's like, hey, you don't have to be all an intuitive eater and not believe in any of the nutrition science or like the tracking regimen, but you also don't have to do it to the point of feeling obsessed with and or controlled by food. Tell me how you arrived at that place. Was that through, I know you mentioned like you kind of went through your own dieting history, but did you arrive at this flexible nutrition approach through your own experience, trial and error, or was it through all of the education that you've had? How did you decide that this was the best approach for you and your clients? 
I think it was a combination of so many different things. So, um, you know, I had some disordered eating in the past with like dieting, restricting, like way under eating. Um, and, and for me, like the process of learning to track macros for myself and learning to fuel myself was like so enlightening um, to the fact that I didn't have to be like chained to rules in order to do it. And it's always felt pretty flexible for me. And I think, um, I think something that was really eye-opening for me was like understanding phases and like periodization within my own personal nutrition. Like I have done one fat loss phase ever. It was like five years ago. And so I like committed to it and did it. And then I was like, that was hard. Um, you know, I don't need to do that again for a while. And, you know, I, I haven't because I haven't wanted to do, to put that commitment towards it. So I think understanding the importance of phases and how not like how our nutrition changes with our needs has been really eye opening to me. And then seeing how my clients have struggled with, you know, an all or nothing approach has also allowed me, um, you know, to tailor my message to what it seems that most people need. And the, the coaching I provide is incredibly individualized. So it's not like there's general advice for everyone, but, you know, to, to understand what these main struggles are for a majority of our clients um, really leads me to believe that flexible nutrition and flexibility in all aspects of what we eat and how we eat and how we approach our nutrition is really the way to break away from these diet rules and to set us up for long-term success with the idea that this is not forever. Like this is another phase that sets us up to be more intuitive with our eating choices. It doesn't mean we're like, I'm an intuitive eater now. Like we don't have to be chained to these ideas that are like, now I only track my macros. Now I only eat intuitively. Like these are all tools and we can use all of them all the time. Yes. It's, it's the search for a label. I think that irritates me the most. Like I don't have to be stamp an intuitive eater or stamp a macro counter. Like if I were to define my diet, it wouldn't fit into the keto camp or the calorie counting camp or the low carb camp. It would be some messy conglomeration of a mostly plant-based diet that includes lean proteins and tons of fiber, heavy nutrient dense, but you know, like it would be just like some long yeah. on sentence and cookies when you want them, you yeah. know, like, Exactly. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm the dairy so food with that. ice cream. Yes. Uh, I think that's where we are led astray a little bit. And I totally get it because this is where we differ a little bit, Kate. But my calorie counting, macro counting experience was always very rigid and regimented and almost too rule based. But that's because I am very much an all or nothing thinker and I have had to work through that and how to turn calorie counting and macro measuring into something that can be life-giving and more flexible. And I 100% believe that it can, but it took me a long time to get there because my brain likes to operate in terms of all nothing good, bad. And when it comes to health and nutrition, that just doesn't work, right? All or nothing thinking is right. pretty much always a recipe for disaster. So how do you help your clients to break free from that perfectionism kind of prism of I have to eat perfectly. Maybe they've subscribed to diet culture before and help them to loosen the reins a little bit and say, Hey, you can have cookies and ice cream when it's going to mean a lot to you and taste delicious. Cause that's something that I find a lot of people struggle with coming from past diet histories. When a diet said, Oh, you fell off the wagon. If you ate that cookie or you fail, if you enjoy that ice cream, cause those are off limits foods. Right. I think part of it is meeting everyone where they're at because some people will 
get right into like, okay, this is going to be an obsessive thing and I need to hit numbers perfectly. And we're going to say, Hey, like, let's start with some rigidity and like work towards more flexibility. Cause you can't to someone who's so regimented, you can't be like, just be flexible. You know, like they're going to be like, I can't, you know, like that's not me. So meeting someone where they're at, but also just helping our clients understand that this, these ideas of like, just eat clean, just stay on track, no bad foods. Like this black and white approach is really restrictive and it's going to backfire the second something goes wrong. And by go wrong, I mean like you have a meal out or you go out of town, like you can't follow these really restrictive rules. So like a, a really common example is someone who's like, okay, I eat clean and they eat clean. I've got air quotes here all week. Um, they're doing great. Friday comes around. You're like exhausted because you don't sleep enough. You're overtraining. So your body is like just completely depleted. You're tired. You're hungry. Um, cause you haven't been eating enough all week. And then you go out with friends and instead of like enjoying, um, you know, maybe not a clean meal, but like just a, a moderate balanced meal, you binge. And then it's not just Friday night, it's Saturday and then it's Sunday. And then you're like, I'm just going to start over Monday. Like we, if we focus on perfectionism only, we're going to be stuck in this cycle for who knows how long. Um, so the, the analogy I like to share with my clients, and this is nothing new. I'm sure you've heard it a million times over, but like, I think it's attributed to Jillian Michaels is, okay, you're driving down the street and you get a flat tire. Um, do you A, pull over on the side of the road, fix the flat tire and go on your way? Or do you pull over the side of your, pull over on the side of the road, get pissed off that you have a flat tire and slash the other three? Like no one does that, right? So why would we, why would we approach our nutrition with the same idea, you know, um, of saying like, if this isn't perfect, then screw it. Nothing matters. Like that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Talking about sustainability and long-term change, but like physiologically, that's not how it works either. So I think, um, helping clients understand how this idea of perfectionism is working against them is a huge light bulb, mo- light bulb moment for so many um, that really allows them to say, oh, now I kind of get this flexibility thing you're talking about. Um, and that's where we start to see big changes happen. I love the slash tire example. So my clients know I'm a sucker for analogies as a visual learner. I have never heard that one before, but the really? one I have heard, okay. no, I can't believe it. The one I have heard is you're on like a, a highway or a road and you're making great progress. And I think this is more relatable to the sustainability piece. We all want to get there as fast as we can, right? But you hit a red light do you immediately swerve off the side of the road and hit a telephone pole because you're so angry that you have to stop rather than keep going? Or do you just pause for a second, like wait, and then keep going on the same road that you were on before and get to your destination, but maybe a little bit slower than you had wanted to or had planned to. And it's okay, the same well, I love thing. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like we can't just sabotage our own success by getting so frustrated that we can't get there super quickly or perfectly because it's, it's just not the human nature, right? Like we're, right. we're going to mess up sometimes. We want to eat cookies sometimes and that's okay. Right. And chances are you're going to get where you were going faster than if you had just been like, this is hard. I'm not doing it. Or like had those, those binge weekends or had to stop and like, I don't know. It's just, 
you're going to get there, but progress is rarely ever linear. Actually, I would say it's never linear. It's never linear. So we have to be patient and, um, you know, to help individuals understand that, like, how long have you wanted this? You know, have you wanted this? Like whether we're talking body composition changes or to improve performance in the gym or to just like have better health markers. Like, have you wanted this for years? Like you're not going to get that instantly. So um, I think the idea of flexibility also really allows us to um, maybe not always practice more patience, but understand why patience would be more important. This is reminding me of a client testimonial and she had finally reached her goal, but it had taken her years. And she mentioned to me, she said, if only I hadn't gotten distracted by every shiny quick fix along the way, I could have gotten to my goal three times over by now, if not more. And that's exactly what you're describing. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that she said that. I know. Talk about like, because like, I feel like on our end, we can say that all day, you know, because we can see it from the outside, but for the client to recognize that is like so beautiful. It was an awesome moment, proud moment as a coach. Yeah, so Kate, this raises the question, how do you help your clients stay consistent when they mess up? And I'm using air quotes when I say mess up, make a mistake, make a choice that doesn't serve them or feel good for them or push them closer towards their goal. And our perfectionist brains might think, oh, I have to start over. How do you help your clients to just wipe the slate clean and keep going as opposed to get stuck back in that hamster wheel of restrict, binge, restrict? So I definitely just like repeat the mantra of consistency over perfection, like 10 trillion times a day um, to each client on, on Instagram, you know, wherever, because I think that sometimes we need to hear that 10 million times before we really take it to heart. For some clients, I'm actually showing them numbers. I'm saying, look, okay, you overate yesterday. Here's where your calories are at. Um, you know, if, if this was a client who wouldn't be triggered by this and by any means if they would be more like numbers oriented i'm saying look here's where your calories are at here's where the deficit we have you at like this is not a big deal if you continue on tomorrow right back where you were like you're fine this is not the end of the world and you know that's maybe only helpful to some but i feel like um for all of my clients i'm really helping them trying to help them understand that like your nutrition shouldn't be just another stressor on your plate. Like we have work, we have life, we have family stress. Like we don't need more stress. How can we shift this towards being a source of stress relief? You know, because then it's way more doable. Uh, Like how can we start small and focus on habits so that you don't have to think about either I'm tracking perfectly and everything's fine or nothing's fine at all. Like most of my clients, we work on setting minimums um, and whatever those minimums look like for them. And I actually talked about this on Instagram. Oh, well, actually several times recently, because this is what life has looked like for me right now. Like we're moving. I don't have time to, um, you know, prep food or track my food some days. And I don't have a desire to do that right now because it's just not the priority. But like, how can I still get some type of movement in, still get like mostly enough water in and eat a vegetable? you know, it's not perfect, but like, those are my minimums, um, tailored to what I know I need to focus on most. So for each client, we're looking at, okay, where do you struggle most? And what's the minimum you can do each day, even on those quote unquote bad days. Um, and I think that really helps them understand that like no day is lost. 
it's not a wash because it didn't go perfectly. Like if you're still making an effort or leaning back on some of the habits you've created or sticking to these minimums, it's still a winning day and it's not going to throw you off. Um, what's going to throw them off is saying like, screw it. Let's just, you know, today's a wash. I'll figure it out later. I love that you use minimums. I have the same concept, but we call them non-negotiables. There you go. So, same thing. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Like this week may not be the week that you push the pedal to the metal because you've got a crazy work deadline or you have a sick kid, but how can we still crush the non-negotiables so you still feel like a well, healthy human being, even if you're not making tons of progress because life you know, is demanding that your priorities shift for a period of time. Absolutely. So Kate, talk to me about what, and this is totally like your opinion. I'm really curious on it. Do you think that people have to be at a certain point in their lives? I don't want to use the term ready, but like maybe there's a certain level of readiness to where they are feeling welcome to embrace the concept of flexible nutrition. Do you think they have to maybe try and fail at certain like diet culture, rigid approaches first before they're ready to embrace a more sustainable life-giving approach, like what we're describing here? Or do you think it depends, obviously it depends on the person, but do you think someone could just find this approach from the beginning and really adhere to it? What do you see in your clientele? I would say like a few years ago, I would have said, yeah, I think people need to get here by maybe messing up in the, like messing up. I'm using air quotes here too, because I don't want to like talk bad about anything else, but like maybe having uh, some struggles and challenges and find out like that this is the approach they need. But I've really seen in the past, maybe two years, like a lot more clients coming in saying like, Hey, I've never dieted before. Like I would like to learn more about my nutrition and like learn how to manage my nutrition. I think this is a good approach. And the first time this happened, the first time I got a, an application from a, a client saying this, I was like, what? <laughs> You've never dieted before? Like, how incredible are you? And this was like, I specifically remember this one person because this was like a 40 year old female. And I was like, You've made it like 25 years without dieting in a culture that has told you to diet every single day of your life. Like, that's incredible. And she just decided, like, Okay, now is the time I'd like to learn more about making sure I'm fueling myself correctly and like, I kind of hear that protein's important. Like, tell me about that. Um, so I, I would say it's definitely not the majority, but I feel like there are people who will just, um, you know, maybe as they see other people make really incredible changes or they hear more about like um, the, the sustainability of something like approaching flexible nutrition um, rather than a diet, like they will become interested, not always with the intention of like fixing relationship with food that has been skewed by diet culture, but by just learning more about their nutrition and learning how to really take control of it themselves. I would agree that most of my clientele are coming from a perspective where what they've tried hasn't served them or hasn't worked. And so now they're like, all right, well, clearly something's got to give because I've wasted, you know, years, decades, even sometimes of my life doing this, I have to take a different approach. But I do find that sometimes there are individuals who maybe have seen a model set for them, whether that's an unhealthy relationship with food or a healthy relationship with food, maybe a parent, a sibling, someone, a close friend. And so they're able to see the benefits that that individual has gotten from a flexible relationship with food. And they want 
to emulate the, the quality of life that comes with that. But I do think those are kind of like unicorns in the mix, right? Absolutely <laughs> unicorns. <laughs> Absolutely unicorns. And I would say, so I work with males too. And I would say individuals who have come to me with that kind of like non-dieting background, I just want to learn more about fueling myself type deal. Um, it has been more males than females. Um, I can probably count on one, one hand how many times a female has come to me with that approach. Obviously, I remember it <laughs> with detail because it's just not in the norm. Yeah. And I don't think that makes it any less important or any less valuable. Oh, Sometimes no. I think maybe even more so because we know what the flip side of the coin looks like and feels like, at least that's in my experience. You know, I always say, I never thought I would get here. Like I remember living in that really unhealthy, dark place and thinking I'm always going to be obsessed with food. I'm never going to be able to just eat air quotes normally. And, you know, being on the other side of it now, it's like, wow, it's almost more rewarding because I overcame that obstacle. And I'm sure you feel very similarly with your background as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like never, ever thought I would be here. And I think maybe there were times in initially tracking macros where I never thought I would be able to feel so good without the tracking. Like, I don't know that I ever felt too uh, tied to it, but I always felt like or I, at a point I felt like, you know, I'll always do this because it's how I'm able to make sure I'm feeling myself well. And now I'm like, I've done this long enough. Like I know, and to know how to best take care of your body in a way that doesn't feel like work or like, not like this oppressive need um, to like obsessively track is just so freaking. So I think exactly what you're saying, like with these clients, these unicorn clients, we're like, I don't want to say we're saving them from that because that sounds so ridiculous, but like we're helping them not ever have to feel that way. Right. No, it's so true. Someone the other day was like, Nicole, can you bring someone on the podcast who has a normal relationship with food? Like, I don't think I've ever known a woman who's had a normal relationship with food. And I think that's kind of what we're describing with these unicorn clients. Like they just haven't struggled with the diet culture conditioning, or they haven't struggled, you know, with their upbringing and you know what that came with as far as behavior patterns and relationship with food stuff that comes with it. But yeah, I think it's hard to not be subjected in some way, shape or form. And I think it's normal for those of us who have been, if you look at society standards for women, especially, you know, our cultural influences, we're not saying anyone is better than another. It's just different backgrounds and what brings people to want to work on their nutrition and their relationships with food. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Kate, I will have two final questions. I really want to hear from you what your clients love celebrating at the end. Like what are some outcomes after you help a client go from, you know, I don't understand nutrition or what my body needs or how I can help her look, feel and perform her best him or her, I should say to now I am so confident that I can sustain this lifestyle and maintain these habits that I've built long-term, no matter where I am or who I'm with or what food's being served. What do you notice? Like, I don't know if you have an exit interview or if you do testimonials with your clients, but what are they most proud of at the end? So, gosh, this is a hard one because I feel like everyone's so incredibly different. And, and I like, we can see the big physical transformations and be like, yeah, these are so cool. Like how impressive, but I feel like it's, and this even sounds so cliche, but like, it's literally the confidence. It's like the difference in confidence in how they can handle, um, not only like just eating on a daily basis in their nutrition, um, like day to day, but 
all of the things that life throws at us. Like I've talked about a million times already, like there are going to be things that come up. There are going to be holidays and meals out and all these things and the confidence in, in my clients to be like, yeah, like I'm going out of town next week, but don't worry. Like I know how to, like, I know how to handle that. You know, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, do you remember where you were like months ago? You were freaking out. You're messaging me every day. You were saying, I can't do this. Or like, I, I, you know, I'll get back to this when I get back home. Um, seeing that change in confidence to me is like so huge. It's such, it's these mental shifts that are just so empowering. Um, for them and, and just like so much to be celebrated for me on my end. And I don't, um, we don't really do an exit interview. So my clients work with me for six months minimum. Um, and that's, you know, just ensuring that we have this time to really set in place these good long-term habits and really work on the sustainability. Um, but not everyone is done right at six months. And we really like from that point, I'm really working with them to make sure they feel confident. And, you know, we might be adding in like, untracked meals or untracked days or untracked weekends and really making sure that they feel really confident and comfortable and moving forward, um, you know, on their own, knowing that they have this toolkit of how to track their macros if they want, but also they're feeling comfortable knowing this isn't forever. And, you know, they, they can go off and not track anymore. Um, so the, the roadmap for everyone looks different, but I feel like that's the end goal for everyone is like them feeling really confident. And like in a perfect world, it's like, you know, you'd never even need a nutrition coach again um, because you know your stuff, but that's not true for everyone too. Like I still work with a coach because I like that accountability. Um, but you know, it, it, so it's different for everyone, but like, that's really the goal. Like, you know, your stuff now go on, like spread your wings, fly. You've got this. Um, and so seeing that change to me is the most impactful. I had somewhat of an ulterior motive asking you that question because I find obviously very individual and you and I know that we're generalizing here, but I find that when clients start, they start with the assumption that at the end, they're going to be the most changed by their body composition outcomes. How much weight did I lose? How much did my body fat decrease or how much muscle did I gain? You know, whatever the, the goal may be. And I've had clients who have lost, you know, as little as 10, 15 pounds or as much as over a hundred pounds. And I have found time and time again, that what they're most proud of, what they feel happiest about at the end nothing to do with a number. And I would echo, like you said, it's the confidence and it's the newfound quality of life. And it's this peace. Sometimes we call it food freedom where I don't have to feel controlled by food. I can be anywhere and know that I know what I need and I know how to fuel my body and I know how to eat for taste and for pleasure and for fuel and for nutrient density. So I think that at the end, hands down, that's what everybody says. I'm so happy that now my my life looks so different. I don't have to take up brain space having to worry or fret or fear about these things. And it's amazing to me that a client can create such big body composition change, but what means the most is the stuff that goes on in here. I'm pointing at my inside of me as though people are watching. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree with that so much. If I had known that I was going to be a nutrition coach, which I would have never known like many, many years ago, I would have also never thought that about this job that we would be most impacted as coaches by these non-physical transformations. Um, And it's like really heartwarming. I get really emotional sometimes (laughs) over how much I love it and how much I love these clients and how much I love seeing those mental shifts and those, those non-physical changes. 
I'm right there with you. And I also love, Kate, just to kind of tease this thread that you mentioned that you work with your clients for a six month minimum. I do something very similar. So when a client's looking at starting, I tell them that my most successful clients work with me for between six and 12 months. And of course it totally depends on the goal, the individual. And I really think that that's why we're able to help our clients make these transformations because you and I know, and you've mentioned this time and time again, life stressors, life curveballs, life barriers, they're going to happen. And as a coach, I want them to happen so that we can overcome them together and your confidence is grown and built even stronger. Your resilience is grown and built even stronger. And so that's why graduation day, you know, clients can be like, Hey girl, thanks so much for your help. I've got what I need. Like I'm going to go apply this now. It's because they've gone through some of those bumpy patches and they still know that they can succeed. They have what they need to thrive. Absolutely. I love that. We're so on the same page and I love it. I know. Yeah. We need to hang out more, I think. Yeah, please. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Okay. Final question. You have shared so much amazing value and I want our listeners to learn more from you. I'm really big on our environment is a big predictor of our success. And I believe that includes people and our surroundings as well as the content we consume. So I'm always encouraging my clients to declutter their Instagram and Facebook feeds and to surround themselves with supportive and like-minded coaches and individuals. So where can those listening find you on social media and learn more from you? So I am mostly on Instagram at KL nutrition. Um, and then my website is Kate Lyman nutrition.com. And, um, you know, I put out a blog every other week. I put out a lot of Instagram content. My Instagram is um, devoted entirely to just free nutrition education. I don't, you know, get clients that way. I just am out there to talk and, and, um, to share. And I love getting questions over there about anything nutrition. So, um, feel free to drop on by and ask me questions there. And on my website, you can also go to the resources tab and I have a page of free resources. There is, um, uh, you know, a meal prep cookbook that's all about batch prepping our food and really simplifying this idea that we have to like have all our meals Tupperware cooked every, every day, you know, cause I don't, I don't believe that's a, true. And I think that those who think that have like a huge barrier to making change, um, there are some other recipes and there is a guide on uh, making our meals more intentional. So making sure we're like being mindful when we eat. And it's a tool I use um, for my clients who are, you know, nearing the end of this this nutrition journey together and, and really transitioning into this time of like going off on their own and, and you know, getting to it on their own. Um, it's a really impactful tool. So wait, Kate, you're telling me my fridge doesn't have to look like a Pinterest photo? Correct. <laughs> Correct, I am. Because I promise you, mine doesn't and has never looked that way and probably will never will. <laughs> right there with you. Yeah, as long as that's what I need, that's what matters. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kate. I will drop your Instagram handle in the show notes below so people can just click and follow you right away and learn more from you. I really appreciate you sharing your coaching insights today on the podcast. It has been great getting to know you a little bit better. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I've had so much fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.